I want some action. To quote Morris Day, I want to see some shaking. Yes. <laughs> I want some perfection. Uh, hopefully we get some action. I, I, I agree mm. with you. It is Dukes and Bell, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, guys. Coming up, our buddy uh, Bobby Bear stopped by talking about what we are getting in Ryan Nielsen. Our new defensive coordinator, and you'll hear what he has to say about that, as well as what is going on with the Saints, because we've been saying it today, man. You know, with the Brady announcement yesterday, we spent a lot of time on it, rightfully so. It feels like this division is moving in a different direction. And as I said last hour, I think we have all the ingredients to make uh, ourselves the division favorite. Right. We got to go earn it. We got to win it. But I think we can be the division favorite. Mike, um, we put up a poll today. It was pretty interesting because we were talking about this coordinator situation and dog fans. We're not saying Todd Munkin has gone anywhere yet. There's nothing out there that has said he is leaving. But he is interviewing, and we know that this continues. And so we asked, if Todd Munkin leaves, how worried are you about UGA finding their OC, their next OC, especially with Alabama in the hunt for one as well? So before we get to these poll results that we have at Dukes and Bell 929, you can go vote. It's still up. Mike, you were saying there are people who are not happy about the idea that Alabama is interviewing the Notre Dame OC, right? Yeah, Tommy Reese, uh, who's up there in Notre Dame, first on Coach uh, Kelly's staff, and then when uh, Marcus Freeman, the D.C., took over as head coach, he, he was there too. Moved on from their quarterback, had a quarterback injury. Remember the first three weeks in Notre Dame looked like they weren't going to score any points? That's right. And so a lot of folks, that memory, I guess, is fresh in their mind. I'm reading this from AL.com, and uh, it's actually from Saturday Down South. Um, a Bama fan named Amy, no freaking way Alabama is <laughs> desperate for an OC if we're going after Tommy Reese. This would be crying emoji, crying emoji, shouting emoji, a terrible move for Alabama. I'm begging Alabama to take Tommy Reese. Get him off our hands, says Seafish, a Notre Dame fan. Wow. So they got a little bit of give and take. They got sort of a surf and turf. You got one from the Alabama, one from the Irish here. Somewhat confused as to why Alabama is wanting Tommy Reese. We need someone with creativity. I didn't see anything special with Notre Dame's offense since he's been there. A bit shocked about the Tommy Reese OC rumors. Well, part of this is, and part of the problem here, is that Nick Saban has cast a wide net, but Ryan Grubb, who did such a really nice job with Penix, the quarterback in Washington, yes, he did. and kept getting incremental raises over the course of the year, he interviewed earlier this week in Tuscaloosa only to stay at Washington. So now... You know, Saban's had to pivot, and I think it's just bringing it back to Georgia. It just makes you not want to have to go down this road if you're Kirby Smart and hold on to Munkin and hope that Munkin doesn't bolt for the NFL. Because here's Nick Saban, and Nick Saban's kind of going to options B and C now. So Bama's offense last season under Bill O'Brien, guys, you know, you talk about fourth and yards, fifth and points. I mean, they still average 40 a game. It was like 39.3. But it wasn't the record-breaking offense, okay, that we saw. With Sark. I mean, Sark, Mike, when he left in 2020, they had a school record 50 a game is what they average. Right. A school record of 543 yards a game. And so Sark's now at Texas. You, you talk about the job that, you know, Mike Loxley did. He was only there for a year, and then he goes to Maryland. The offense really hasn't ever fallen off. Now, is that a function of the recruits that they're bringing in mm. and the quarterback play and all that they're doing? Because even when Lane Kiffin was there, offense went up, right? Scoring right. went up. You talk about Jim McElwain was there. I mean, right. you can talk about all these guys. My point is, guys, Saban seems to get it right a lot more than he gets it wrong. A couple of guys uh, mentioned that uh, the reason maybe Saban, amongst other reasons, and Saban has dipped, let's be honest, his two best players last year, aside from his quarterback and linebacker, were from the transfer portal. That's right. Jameer Gibbs and uh, who's it from uh, the running uh, wide receiver from uh, Georgia. So they've, they've actually done well with the portal. A couple of guys have said, Jermaine Burton, thanks, Chris. I, I went brain dead, but Jermaine Burton had transferred to Bama. Sam Hartman, 
He's the Wake Forest quarterback. He has transferred portal to Notre Dame. Okay. That guy's like, look like he's, he's people, good. People talking about uh, Stetson Bennett. He looks like he's 30. Yeah. Well, anyway, that guy, could Reese lure him to Alabama? And I guess you can portal anywhere these days. How many times can you portal, right? But that, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But Reese is a guy that, you know, I, I don't think it's – the numbers certainly last year don't really blow you away if you're looking by comparison. And you also – you've got a lot of Alabama bias or for SEC, I should say, SEC bias from Bama fans going, I want somebody from the SEC. Yeah, that's part of this too. By the way, uh, Friday, tomorrow, we'll get a chance to talk with Chuck Smith again at the Senior Bowl. We'll get the latest on some of the guys he's had a chance to visit and see all week. Um, and, and by the way, we'll start, you know, talking about some of these guys that are getting notoriety. Uh, East-West Shrine, obviously, this week. Falcons involved with that. But as far as our poll, Todd Munkin, if Todd Munkin leaves, are you worried? Seven, eight percent of the folks said very worried about Bama, which means they're more worried about Nick Saban getting the right guy and then Bama maybe having a slight edge over Georgia. Right. Uh, slightly worried, about 10 percent. Munkin needs to stay. 35% of the folks who have voted. Not worried. Kirby has it. Is 50% of the vote, Mike. So everybody just believes that if Munkin leaves, whoop-de-doo, we'll just find another guy. I'm not that confident. I'm no. just not. I just think Munkin, you know, and again, we were kind of begging Munkin to air it out. And you think about how things, you know, over the course of the season, the wide receiver injuries, you know, finally getting A.D. Mitchell healthy, right? Only to obviously move on. Yes. But Led McConkey, the amazing tight ends. You know, and, and how is he going to work with uh, with Carson Beck? Then they question, and I said this to you earlier, we said this at the end of the show yesterday, nothing is a bigger lightning rod in Athens or for Georgia Bulldog Nation than Mike Bobo. And yesterday mm. I just mentioned Bobo, boom, text like a, just goes nuts. It's almost, you know, it, it's it just people, and it's either he was too aggressive or he was too passive. He ran the ball too much or he threw the ball too much. And again, I think like any other OC, you're never going to be happy through the course of an entire season. But is Bobo going to be the guy that he would default to who's been working as an offensive analyst with George since he got fired from uh, Auburn? So, Which, again, that's going to get a lot of people, I don't know, flip a coin. All right. There are a lot of people who do know and remember what this offense was or what, what Bobo got blamed for. Mike, I think part of it was Bobo's offenses were good. Connor Riley said this on a show the other day. You know, they're averaging 40 a game when he was here. They just didn't win the big games. And, Mike, a lot of that fell on the fact that the offense came up short in a lot of those games. When did the offense come up short? 2012, SEC championship mm-hmm. game. I mean, you talk about those moments where you felt like Georgia was going to take that next step, and they always had these offensive pieces. But I think a lot of that blame fell on Bobo's shoulders. Mike, I got to figure, after all this time and where he's been and what he's mm-hmm. done, he's, he's better he would be better the second time around, Look, right? He's also still a great recruiter. That's one thing he which is. is, you know, still part of the equation at UGA. But it is one. And that by just, the way, Todd Munkin, we're not kicking you out. No, no, but no, you no, got to no, make no. a decision. No. You're either with us <laughs> or you're against yeah. us. Todd Munkin, evildoers, either you're with us or you're against okay? us. Okay, we will fight this war against Alabama. Now watch me hit this drive. Now you've got to. That's a George Bush reference, Chris. But no, there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there about Munkin in the NFL. I know Chris Mortensen went on WCNN said he thinks that Munkin's going to be leaving. I'm not. I'm not sure where this is going to go. I know that you know the Ra- the Ravens is intriguing because if you get Lamar Jackson back on track, then you will get a head coaching job. Yes. But if you go to Tampa, you're gone after a year. Yes. So what's the what's I don't understand that point. And Rick Stroud basically told us Todd Bowles is dead man walking and was kind of surprised that he they didn't just clean out the whole thing. Yeah. It's just it's an interesting thing that's going on right now. 
And, and, you know, again, if you're a Georgia fan and you're like, well, yeah, but we got all the talent and blah, 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 you do. Coaching still matters. Todd Munkin called great plays and set teams up all season. And when we got to the playoffs, right, the offense was just rolling and clicking so much so, right, we talked about Kirby running out on the field against Ohio State and like, hey, 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 Mm -hmm. just do what's in the system, Stetson Bennett. I mean, the, the part of that was because the play calling was such on point. I don't need you to go out and do amazing things. You don't have to be a Superman. Don't play hero ball. Right. He didn't have to do that. Get to the national championship game. He didn't make one mistake. Every play call, Mike, was like, it was like Madden. You were like, oh, that's a touchdown. There's another touchdown. So I'm not going to dismiss what Todd Munkin has done or what he means. And the guys that came before him, the Coley's and the, the, the Jim, the, 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 all these guys. Jim Cheney. Yeah. They weren't this. No, and I think Cheney, there was a lack of imagination at times. It drove us crazy. He was sort of, as we said earlier, kind of the package deal with Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman completely redrew the Georgia offensive line and created this machine which they've become. It all started with Pittman. That's right. And Cheney was kind of like, oh, and we're taking Cheney. Not, no disrespect, but he's a lifer. And look, Munkin's a lifer too, but Munkin just caught lightning. I would say lightning in the bottle. You just laid it out. It was sublime, the play call. It was perfect. And that's why you don't want to mess with it. You don't want to, and especially when you're making that transition to presumably Carson Beck, perhaps Vandergriff's spring football will decide, breaking in a rookie offensive, not a rookie, but bringing in a new offensive coordinator. All right. Them hating me, me hating them. <laughs> and Bo, Bo just is being a smart aleck. He goes, they didn't have Stetson Bennett, those coordinators you're talking about. <laughs> Thank you, Bo. Well, yeah, yeah, that, that was the difference. Right. They had Jake from. From time. Well, for, again, <laughs> first off, that was another thing. The Jake, remember Jacob Eason? That's right. And it was like, Eason. And oh, Jacob Eason is going to be the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. And it's like, hey, he's from Seattle. I don't care for him. We need Fromm. Fromm's George Boy. <laughs> he's Warner Robbins Boy. From time. time. And then it was Fields. And then, what did Fields do? I, I don't know. And no one, you only Carl knows, but it's a secret what happened with Fields. Someday the story will be revealed. Listen, it is what it is, man. I just, you know, I, I was not going to put out there because when you start saying things and it comes from people and you know directly, right. it only came from one place. All I'm going to say is I'm just happy it worked out for Fields, right? right? It worked out for him at Ohio State and it right. worked out for Georgia. But to your point, it was from. I mean, Fromm was supposed to be better than Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Right? Right. And then JT Daniels. And then you had to convince Todd Monk. And that part of the reason why there was a bit of, I don't know, hurt feelings at times between Stetson Bennett, as you guys have read, but Monk is it Monk thought JT was a better, you know, on paper, JT Daniels is the better quarterback. He is. But Stetson just makes things happen. And then what JT does, what is that, his fifth team now? He transferred out of West Virginia, right? He did. Yes, he did. Yeah. I think this is his last year eligibility, though. I was going to say, man. But getting back to Munkin, I would love to see him stay, and I think Georgia fans should. But I tell you what, if if Bobo's the OC and and they struggle, boy, boy, will we have hours and hours of free radio programming that we won't have to really work at. His folks will just go lose their minds. (laughs) They are. Uh, We're going to get a chance to hear from uh, our buddy Bobby A. Bear. Mike, I just saw this. This has nothing to do with sports. But a massive spy balloon from China oh, no. is flying over the continental U.S., and government officials are saying they uh, have detected it, and they're tracking it at high altitude. Mm. Surveillance balloon that right. is flying over the continental U.S. right now. Why don't we shoot the thing down? NORAD continues to track it and monitor it closely. Call I, Maverick. I, I, I'm just saying. And I'm reading this, and I'm like, what is this? Is this a spy movie? 
So, see, you know what's going on right now? All your kids, all your tax, all your credit card information from TikTok is going up to that balloon. <laughs> Would you stop it? Tic- it's going from TikTok to the balloon, yeah. and the balloon is from China. Uh, senior defense officials say they are confident the balloon was sent by the Chinese government. Well, knock it out of the sky, and hopefully it lands on, uh, you know, a cow pasture. It doesn't I, land there in a populated area. Mike's I, right. Get Maverick and Hangman. They'll go in there. <laughs> boom, they're out of the water. <laughs> yeah. You have three minutes for this mission. Evil Empire, people. You millennials better look it up. Read up. That's going on. All right, coming back, Bobby A. Bear. What's he think about our (laughs) new defensive coordinator? If LeBron won't say it, I will, Carl. You'll hear it next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The most important story of the day. Brought to you by MaximumCashHomeBuyers.com. Fair cash offers for as-is homes. Don't waste your time with repairs. Call 678-902-2000. We need to get to our guests. And Bobby Bear is always a pleasure to talk with him on the WaitFor.com hotline. Of course, you guys know the name. And, Bobby, we just wanted to get some insight into what we're getting with Ryan Nielsen. We, we, a lot of folks here in Atlanta didn't know about him. You know, obviously you, you've known him, and he's been on that staff there in New Orleans. He's got a connection to our general manager in Terry Fontenot. But what are we getting, Bobby? Well, I think you're going to get a young, energetic uh, coach. Uh, I'm familiar with him going way back to, uh, to Coach O. Uh, you know, uh, Coach O at LSU tried to steal him to come to LSU and Coach Payton uh, wouldn't let him go because of his uh, contract. Uh, but Coach O had coached him at USC. Uh, so that's how I've been knowing him for a while. He's young, energetic. And, and if you look uh the pass rush, you look since 2017, only the Pittsburgh Steelers has, has had more sacks than the Saints. Uh, I bet you a, a number of people would not guess that the Saints had that kind of production. Now, right. you look at the Eagles, they had 70 sacks this year. Uh, but the Saints were, they would get it done up front, uh, you know, between high 40s, low 50s as far as sacks. And um, I, I look Cam, what Cam Jordan thinks of him, you know, how consistent Cam Jordan was. Now, you look on the flip side, uh, I think he had Davenport playing at a high level, but he's all, always freaking hurt. It reminds me of the Pelicans basketball players, kind of like with Zion and Brandon Ings. They held when they well, but – uh, but, but but other than that, uh, uh, I, I think you're getting a winner. And, uh, you know, it's kind of weird, the same situation. Here you had Dennis Allen, uh, you know, the head coach, but he was, he was calling the defenses. And that was, like he said, that was his baby. It's kind of like Sean Payton being head coach and calling the plays. And, you know, look at Ryan Nielsen, co-defensive coordinator, along with uh, Chris Richard. And now I wouldn't, I don't know the latest, but I know Chris Richard has, uh, he's no longer with the Saints also. I just think uh, once you feel like you got a grasp of what it takes to be a coordinator and then ultimately a head coach in the NFL, you want that opportunity, you know, to be able to call defenses. And uh, like the Fontenot going way back to their Saints connection, uh, he's young, ambitious. I would be surprised if he does not uh, have success with that Atlanta defense. That's really cool, Bobby. I mean, developing talent. Obviously, you know, you're losing some free agents because they, they were so good, like Hendrickson going to the uh, the Bengals. This is a, a guy that, I mean, what you consider, he can improve what we got because we we got to get some talent in the free agency and in the draft, but he's you could say he's develops young talent. Well, he's uh, – now, uh, think about this. 
he didn't even know how to put on his jock. He didn't even know how to even uh, what a, what how you what are, where do the football pads go? How he developed David Onyemata. Hmm. David Onyemata, all of a sudden, uh, you know, he's from Africa and he's playing in Canada. And, and, and they said, well, you want to come out for the football team? You know, he's just going to school. And uh, literally, his first football, uh, like I should say, where second or third year football was already in the NFL. And so how David Onyemata developed as a defensive lineman, that's a lot to do with Ryan Nielsen. I think he got uh, players to play better than their ability uh, and, and, and playing as a unit. And, uh, and when you can get that and you have that continuity, uh, I, I know how, even though they're in position, but how highly DeMario Davis uh, thought of Ryan, Ryan Nielsen. So, uh, again, uh, I think uh, this is uh, a great opportunity for him, and I think he will have success in Atlanta. But you know the craziest thing? I was thinking about this, uh, Michael, I was thinking about this yesterday. I don't know if I've ever seen a weaker division as far as not knowing what's going to happen since Tom Brady retired with the quarterback position. Usually you'd have like one off. Oh, for sure, he's a stud. I mean, you look at Sam Darnold in Carolina. Um, who do we have it? Uh, who do you even have in Tampa Bay? Driscoll? Trask. And, and then, uh, Trask. And, and then you look at the Saints, look, Andy Dalton, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, he's trying to be the bridge guy, I guess the next guy goes in, and then you look, Atlanta, uh, they're counting on a youngster. So uh, I don't know. I mean, the NFC South wide open next year to truly see who's going to win the division. Bobby, I said this, and I don't know if you agree. It's Dukes and Bell with Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The great Bobby Bear joining us talking about um, us getting Ryan Nielsen from that staff and, and, you know, how it may approve our team. But I said it feels like for the first time in a while we might have a leg up on the Saints. I don't know if I felt that way, and only because I, I, I'm asking you, what are the Saints? You talk about Andy Dalton, but you're losing coaches. Dennis Allen was not impressive to me. Um, you got to replenish and restock. I know you got some picks with the Sean Payton situation going to Denver, but but what are the Saints right now? Like, what are they building around and on? The defense is aging. You said it. They had that window where you guys won a bunch of games but didn't get to a Super Bowl. It just feels like maybe for the first time in a while the Falcons might be moving in a better direction than the Saints. Well, I know to who that nation, a lot of Saints fans, all they do is call them the show and they go, well, why are we still keeping Dennis Allen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to talk about the same thing almost every day. I go, what are y'all talking about? I said, Miss um, Gail Benson, the owner, she likes stability. She wants Dennis Allen to work out. And then um, Mickey Loomis, they want to they wanna give Dennis Allen a chance. Now he's on the hot seat next year. They don't want to do the one-and-done thing, and that's why they're giving Dennis Allen the benefit of the doubt. But you know what's the craziest thing? And a lot of people, um, you know, because I like stability. Right. And uh, people don't realize Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton played winning enough football the Saints could have been 10-7. and seven. You might say, hey, man, what the hell are you talking about? No, <laughs> I'm telling you. If, if you watch every game, that shows you how close it is between 7-10 and 10 and 10 and 7. You're like, oh, we had two pick sixes. Well, did you see he hit Callaway right in the hands and the defensive back catches? Uh, uh, so that, that, I think they should have errors. Not, I'm being a quarterback now. They should have errors in football. That, that, that's, not, that, that's not an Andy Dalton. And then all the drop passes they had in significant games. For instance, they had a chance to take a whole of division lead uh, against Tampa Bay. Mark Ingram uh, decides to run out of bounds. 
How about you get the first down? You're not that hurt. Come on. <laughs> It's kind of like that might be the that, that might be the last play in a Saints uniform for Mark Ingram, and the fans just remember that he punked out and he ran out of bounds. It's kind of like Ezekiel Elliott, his last play in the Dallas uniform. He was deep snapping and got run over. I mean, you know, think about all those scenarios. Right. But I'm telling you, Andy Dalton. If you look at it, if you look at all the QB rating and where he was ranked. He was at one time when this is three quarters of the season. Do you know he was the seventh ranked quarterback and he finished number 11? And they have 32 starters. So I'm telling you, it was much more huh. than Andy Dalton. They look at Andy Dalton as the bridge guy. They need someone. But they have uh, other problems with Andy Dalton that, uh, you know, how about you hit your hands, you catch the ball. Uh, and, and, and then obviously – the defense to get off the great start. The defense was unbelievable on the back end of the season. If you look at the last nine games, uh, they were they were giving up like 16 points a game. Well, you should win every game when that occurred. They just got off their terrible start. Now the secondary that has a lot to do with the Saints' pass rush. The secondary uh, they ended up being number number two overall, and they only gave up one 300-yard passer. And I want to say like held like six teams to like 130 yards throwing. We, even um, when they played the last time they played Atlanta. Right. I, I think the Falcons only threw for like 100 yards. So they have some bright spots, but the bottom line, did you win or lose? And I just think next year, I don't know. I don't know who's winning the NFC South. I think it's truly wide open. And that's the thing is Bobby Hebert, guys, you recognize the voice joins us. Uh, again, getting the vibe on our new uh, defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, what he's all about. Because we got A.J. Terrell, and he actually struggled this year, Bobby. We thought this guy's on the cusp of being a pro bowler. We need help in the secondary. We're going to maybe adjust, uh, address it through the draft or free agency. But what you're saying about the secondary, that's, that's promising. And by the way, I looked at your draft. You guys made a trade with the Eagles, so you don't actually have a chance to get that, you, that new young quarterback this year. You don't pick till like, what, 29 this year in the draft. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they lost that to the Eagles, and that's all the Eagles need. They need more help. Come on. Uh, they, yeah, we all, we, we, all the fans, we were all mad because they didn't keep uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, a gross by his rat name, uh, C.D. Deuce. No, he was just a baller. And so, I don't know. I don't think they wanted to pay him in, in the future. So, he was the Eagles. They lost that draft pick, and they were able to, uh, you know, get uh, the 29th overall. I, I, would, I would think right now, if they would go that route, if they like him, a young quarterback, uh, the kid from Tennessee, Hooker. Hmm. But he's coming off a knee injury. Uh, but, but that's kind of uh, – talking with Mike Dettelier, the draft guru, you know, down here, that uh, – what's his name? Hellman or something like that. I know it's Hooker. Uh, that Hellman don't be Hooker, surprised yeah. if the Saints yeah. – yeah, the Saints don't go in that direction with that pick. Bobby, uh, were you surprised at all that Sean Payton ended up where he ended up? Uh, I'm curious. Have you had any conversations with him through this process? Yeah. What? What? what, what no, th- that's what I told him. That's what I told him. What took so long? I mean, <laughs> uh, come on. Yeah. No, I, I thought that was the perfect situation. I'd be shocked if he does not turn around Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm telling you, he'll be that quarterback guru, and um, that could be a dark horse. All of a sudden, uh, the Broncos, uh, even though they're in the AFC West. And, um, you know, all of a sudden they're winning, um, you know, nine, ten games. Uh, I think they could truly turn around like that. And uh, Russell Wilson will have success with Sean Payton. Like I said, I, I'd be shocked. And uh, the, the, the one thing about Sean, you know, when he always said, though, uh, that, you know, his, the number one thing is the ownership and, I mean, you know, the relationship with that and the front office and all that. And, you know, he never wanted to talk about the money. 
I said, man, it's always about the damn money. Sean wanted to be uh, that that $20 million a year coach. Uh, I'm telling you, and he, and I, and I think he'll earn that money and, and, and being with the, uh, you know, the Walton family, the Walmart money and all that stuff. uh, Again, I, I, I thought that was the perfect place. I thought the worst place, if he'd have went to Arizona, that, that with Colin Murray, that that would that he's a head case. That has been dysfunctional. That is our man, Bobby Bear, and he was in rare form today, giving you a good breakdown. We figured who else in uh, Bobby to talk about Ryan Nielsen, what he's about, philosophy, kind of players he's building, and how they uh, did some good things, not just against the run, obviously secondary. Bobby talked about that too. So, again, if you just tune in, catch the whole thing on odyssey.com. Got a fun game winner for you. Today, I get a, a tweet from Rusty Manziel and staking the guys, and apparently I left my wallet in the studio last night, Carl, when we were making way for Sam Crenshaw on the update on National Signing Day. So after uh, Rusty and Stake bought uh, tickets to the Super Bowl, they texted me as they got the wallet. So eventually I came on the show, and they, it's, they didn't really do that. Carl, Stake had a cool one today, one of his three uh, topics today for Steakhouse. Great uh, one-two punches in sports. In other words, Swan and Stallworth. We can talk about right now what we, we thought we had, and we saw it last night, DeJounte and Trey. For me, as a kid growing up in New York, it was Pearl and Clyde, the best one-two ever. So a duo, dynamic duos, and there's a bunch of them. I don't want to steal all of them. 404-741-0929, dynamic duos in sports. And the winner is... Time to take the game winner on Dukes and Bell. Your last chance to sound off on today's show. So don't stink. Call now, 404-741-0929. Today's question. All right, man. Great uh, duos, duets, if you will. I was thinking of, like, the great wide receivers. You know, Swan and Stallworth comes to mind. I mean, you could argue. I mean, there's so many great backcourts in NBA history. So we don't want to steal your thunder because, uh, you know, you and I start rattling stuff off. But we'll be one off the top of your head. Well, a guy hit me up. He said, Shaq Kobe, most dominant, right. most dominant combo um, obviously, you can argue that, but I said hands down, uh, and, and I'll leave it there because, Mike, you're right. There's a ton of combinations that mm. you can go with here. All right, Chris, who's up first tonight in our game winner? Chuck Reed's ready to roll at 7. Chris, hey, man, you're in the game, bud. What you got? Hey, man. Hey, man. This is a great question, and I'm going back, Carl. I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas. I was there with the school that had the original NIL program, SMU Mustangs. Pony Express, yeah. Eric Dickerson, and Craig James. Man, that was good football back then. No right doubt. Out. Best no doubt. team money could buy. Yeah. They should have never got the death penalty. They should They should. And no one will ever get it again? No, because it destroyed them for 30 years. Right. Um, and, and, you know, some people say they'll, they'll, they'll never compete for a national championship. Bottom line is, yeah, that, if you don't know the history, and they did a great 30 for 30 on right. it. but It's one of the best. It's it's unbelievable. Hey, man, who's up next tonight? Brian, hey, man, you're in the game on Dukes and Bell. What you got? Hey, what's up? I got Sylvester Stallone and Pele and victory. <laughs> victory! <laughs> yes, who knows? Who knew Stallone with no practice, Carl? Could be the best goaltender they've ever seen. <laughs> he was a goalkeeper against the uh, the Germans. It's a good movie, by the way. Very underrated. It is good. I thought he was going to say Stallone. We're not doing actors. I thought he was going to go like, Tango and Cash. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not where we're going. We're doing sports tonight. Hey, man, who's up next? Swede. What do you got, Swede? Hey man! Hey man! I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you my age. Uh, Bob Waterfield and Tom Fears or Norm Van Brocklin 
to Elroy Crazy Legs first. Nice. Wow. Great combo. <laughs> the, the old Elroy. Enjoyed your show, guys. Thanks. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, because, again, the, the fearsome foursome came later, but, of course, that, that's four, not two. That's hey, right. uh, who's up next, brother? Hey, Kelly, you're in the game. It's our game winner tonight about uh, famous duos. What you got? Hey, man. Hey, hey man. man. Hey, you got the best duos of all time. You got the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudley Boys. And also from 95, the Jones Brothers right here on ATL. Good call. I was friends with the Hardy Boys, the Hardy Brothers. Uh, he's talking about WWE, Mike. Right. Uh, and they were a tandem. I totally agree. They were very exciting, fun guys to be around. Hey, man, who's your next caller? Chris, the engineer. Jimbo. Hey, Jim, you're in the game, man. What you got? I got to go with Stockton and Malone. Yeah. yeah. That's Can't solid. Can't go wrong. That's solid. I mentioned this the other night. Stockton's got 15,000 assists. LeBron just hit 10,000. We were right. saying LeBron's got to play like four or five more years potentially to get to Stockton. It just mm. tells you how damn good John Stockton was, man. Yeah, nobody said uh, Jordan and Pippen. You know what I mean? No. I mean, because I know that Jordan, I, you're like as much of a Jordan fan as I am, you got to have Pippen in that equation, man. I Who agree. is the next caller? Hey, Jeff, you're in the game, man. Dukes and Bell, what you got? Hey, man. Hey, man. Uh, the still the only undefeated team in the NFL, Mercury Morris and Larry Zonka. Right, although most guys go Zonka kick, but Mercury Morris was obviously the guy that could do it all, catching the football, running it too. Yeah, my brother loved the Dolphins. Those, those Dolphins, you know, teams that that the through the 70s, he was older than I was, but I was like, man, I he loved Larry Zonka. Like, right. he was a big bruising back, Mike. And now we don't get those kind of guys. No. I mean, you get thunder and lightning here and there, and you get some guys that are, you know, we had uh, for a couple of seasons, it was, uh, we had Coleman and we had uh, and Devontae Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. Hey, man, who's up next? How's, Talk about. How's that one say Julio and Roddy? Good call. Hey, man. That's a good call. I mean, well, you could say you just did. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, you know. You could say anybody from the Braves. You could say Maddox and Glavin or Glavin and Smoltz or Maddox, Glavin. I mean. But that's for three. We're going for duo. We're going well, for the you duo. Can, you, can, you can shake them up. Just do Glavin and Maddox because those were the guys that won all the Cy Youngs. But I'm cool with Julio and Roddy. But here's the thing. So how long was that tandem together? Like a lot of these tandems were together for a long time. Ten, was, 10 through 15. So six seasons. Yeah, because Julio got here in 11. Okay. Yeah. You're right, though. It was good. Should have won, won a Super Bowl. I'm, I'm voting now. for uh, a J.J. Watt. Could have J.J. Watt, but we had to go for score more points. Who, who are you voting for, Chris? I'm sorry, what? Uh, Riggs and Murtaugh. Riggs and Murtaugh. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a dead man. Psycho. <laughs> Don't nibble on the bell. Put, Put it in your mouth. mouth. John is here. John Tuckery, man. What's happening tonight? Uh, Hawk and Animal, the Road Warriors. Oh, nice. good call. Yeah. That's and another one. That's my, right. my favorite. That's Lauren Itis' uh, dad, right? Yeah. Actually, Randy played with James, who mm-hmm. was Joe's uh, Joe. Right. Laurinaitis animal. He played. Uh, his son was James Laurinaitis, and he played with Randy. Oh, yep. okay. So they were they were on the Rams together. Cool. So there you go. Interesting. Uh, he said Joe would Joe would be in the locker room like Road Warrior animal. Like it was like one of those, you know, like really cool things to see him like Road Warrior animal just wander through the Normal. locker room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Like wander through the locker room. Like, dude, so. I recognize you without yeah. the makeup. <laughs> what do you got coming up? Oh man, we'll talk to uh, Jason Longshore. We'll get uh, some Atlanta United uh, talk in here. We're gonna talk to Ken Segura. Um, obviously, you know, signing day yesterday, but man, this Georgia Tech basketball program is dreadful. Should have won last night. They should have won well, last night. I, I mean, they played Louisville? a team that was they played a team that was worse than them. Yes, those are two and worst teams. The zero one win they in the were conference. One in twenty one oh. in conference. One in twenty-one. Yeah, Pastor. Like, like they're is, not even. They're not even a good. You know, Georgia. Georgia it, Tech is lucky that nobody gives a crap right now. It, I mean, they're they're literally. 
they got to be as bad about in the world of college basketball as anybody. I mean, ACC, anything else, like they're just awful. So we'll talk some uh, tech hoops, tech football, and things like that. So a lot going on tonight. Stay right there. He's got a full show coming up. John Chuckery's next. Let's get out of here and clear out, though. Dukes and Bella wrapping up another show. So it's time for Let Me Clear My Throat on Sports Radio 92.9. The game. Tomorrow's Friday. You know we always have fun. Steve Kuhn is going to stop by. We'll talk to Chuck Smith from the Senior Bowl. We're chasing down a couple of other guests. Also, thanks to Dave O'Brien today who stopped by in the 5 o'clock hour. Guys, really good stuff with Dave. We're going to have a good club. I know we've lost another centerpiece in Dansby. But as Dave said, this bullpen and this pitching could be as good as as it's been in a very long time, maybe even better than what we've seen the last couple of seasons. Go check it out at odyssey.com. And you learned something from Bobby Bear, Mike, tonight. Mm. Bobby talking about the Falcons and Ryan Nielsen. It's all there online as well. Turtle, great job as usual behind the board. It's good to see you back, Turtle. Bo Morgan, executive producing. Mike Bell, we got to get out of here, man. Friday, also tomorrow, mm. tailgate at home. We'll tell you what we've got cooking for the weekend. Uh, hopefully this weather clears up and we can do some stuff. But, man, it's going to be fun tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Make sure you're here. Mike Bell, clear your throat. Hey, man, officials at Pebble Beach, which is coming up, said they got to uh, move back the sticks for out of bounds on that eighth hole. Eight is where you have mm. a really bad cliff overlooking the Pacific. And last year, for those who don't remember, Jordan Spieth decided to basically straddle the line and then hit an amazing shot over the crevasse onto the green. Uh, his caddy tried to talk him out of it, and now they're trying to talk other golfers out of it because apparently everybody else who plays Pebble says, hey, let me try that. <laughs> yeah. And again, which sounds great. Uh, you can go to Carnoustie and try to make six where Vandevelt hit the water, but he's not dangling over a 150-foot cliff. Come on, people. Common sense. Yeah. Uh, listen, it's always on. It's never off. I'm not just talking about recruiting. I'm talking about the hiring of coaches. And for Alabama and Georgia right now, it may be just that. Who gets the better guy that gives what program the edge? We're waiting on Todd Munkin to maybe make a decision to say, hey, I'm not going anywhere, guys. I'm here. But he hasn't said it yet, which makes us believe that he's probably headed somewhere. Mm. Meanwhile, Nick Saban is trying to hire the next guy to come in and maybe average 50 a game. Either way, it's always on. It's never off. If you love the show. You tell your friends. If you don't. How could you forget feeling and digs? (laughs) I don't know.